0: Hi, welcome to episode two of SAC Podcast. I'm your host Claire Moken and today I will be joined by recent OSU alumni Emily Zarnicki. Emily was a part of Student Alumni Council during her time at Ohio State and today she's going to be talking to us about her experiences at OSU as well as what she's been up to since graduating last spring. Welcome to SAC Podcast. So excited to have you here. we, I just would love to like kind of start off with a general introduction so the listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, so if you could just tell us a little bit about your time at OSU um, and kind of what you've been up to since graduating in the spring.
1: So my name is Emily Zernicki. I just graduated from Ohio State in May. So I'm a recent alum. Um, I was involved in like so many things under the sun while I was at Ohio State. Um, I was in Student Alumni Council SAC. So shout out to SAC and Claire for this podcast. Um, I was in Buck, which is the Buckeye Undergraduate Consulting Club in Fisher. Um, I, let's see, I feel like I did so much. Um, I worked at the Fisher front desk, which is the undergraduate programs office. So they do all of the advising, um, and all of those good things. So, That was a really awesome experience to like have an on-campus job, but still kind of be connected to Fisher in a way other than, you know, through a student org. Um, And then last year I was able to serve on homecoming court, which was a really awesome opportunity um, that I actually found out about through SAC and from like some folks that were in that um, prior to, you know, me being a senior. So that was really exciting. Um, since graduation, I have a full-time job, which is really exciting. Um, and also kind of scary being 22 and like just being thrown into corporate America. Um, but I work for McKinsey and company, which is one of the largest, um, global consulting firms. So I'm a business analyst and I kind of work on anything under the sun. We're very project-based. So one week I could be doing, um, something related to, you know, public sector work and the next couple of weeks I could be working on um, a fortune 500 company. So it can be really anything under the board or, you know, under the sun. Um, but it's been really exciting. So I'm enjoying life post-grad and just trying to soak it in as I go. Um, and realizing not being on a semester basis is definitely kind of like a mindset shift. Um, not having fall break (laughs) was, was interesting. Um, but it's been, it's been really great. And I have the flexibility to do a lot of different things, um, throughout the year. So it's been really awesome.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, So kind of transitioning, obviously you mentioned everything that you're involved in, um, but I'd love to kind of hone in on your experience in SAC. Um, And so could you talk a little bit about like your role in SAC and kind of just the organization in general so that like people listening, if they don't know a lot about the org, kind of can get a better like general understanding about it and just kind of what we do and what you were so passionate about in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Student Alumni Council is honestly just what it sounds like. So we try to bridge the gap between students and alumni um, through programming and through some like virtual kind of opportunities to connect students and alumni. Um, but everything falls under that umbrella of connecting students and alumni, which is really exciting because when you're a student, I don't think you necessarily think about what life postgrad looks like and what your connection to Ohio State looks like. Um, and I think student alumni council does a really great job of like, not only presenting to students, um, but also getting really connected with the alumni association at Ohio state. And fun fact, um, Ohio state has the largest living alumni base, which is something that actually drew me, drew me to Ohio state in the first place. So, um, that was super exciting to be a part of that. And while I was in SAC, I was always really drawn to the idea of this like student alumni connection. Um, So I spent a lot of time in our alumni outreach committee. Um, So actually all three of my positions that I served in were kind of under that umbrella. So I first served as a program coordinator, which is kind of SAC's role of um, leading like one event all the way through. So I was the homecoming pep rally program coordinator my sophomore year. Um, but unfortunately that was like right in the middle of COVID. So fall of 2020, we were really unable to like hold an in-person event at the time. So that was a really awesome opportunity for me to figure out a way to like virtually connect with alumni um, and really have to pivot and take a position that was pretty set in stone in terms of like, this is what the homecoming pep really is, and really rethink it. So that was a really cool opportunity. Um, my second year our second position in SAC. So my junior year, um, I was the director of alumni events. So I was overseeing multiple program coordinators. Um, again, all the events were aimed at connecting students and alumni. And then last year when I was a senior, um, so my fourth year in SAC, I was the vice president of alumni outreach. So was overseeing all of the programs that connect students and alumni, which again was just honestly the reason that I came to Ohio State, the reason that I joined SAC. So it was a really kind of full circle moment. Um, ser- serving with the exec board last year and then serving like all my program coordinators and directors. So lots of alumni <laughs> like connections there, Um, but it's been really awesome to come back and still stay connected as an alumni, which I think, again, we don't really think about when we're students at Ohio State.
0: Yeah, totally. I also, that was like one of the reasons I chose Ohio State too, because I just wanted to go somewhere I where I knew I would want to like stay connected to and like kind of come back to. So that's really cool. Also, just like for background with the podcast, this is also under alumni outreach, which is super cool because I also get to obviously connect with alumni and do all of that super fun stuff. Is there any like notable alumni connections you made w- during your time in SAC that have kind of like influenced you post-grad or just kind of general that experience of like being able to connect with alumni was more like influential?
1: Yeah, I think just the general kind of exposure to alumni were, was really awesome. Um, we'll get into kind of like how I got my job later, but um, that was a huge, honestly, um, the huge part of like getting my job was networking with Ohio State alums and just like throughout my entire like professional career, getting internships, working at Ohio State, being a student at Ohio State. Um, you'll be talking to someone and they'll be like, Oh, you have a connection to Ohio State or you went to Ohio State either for your MBA or, you know, whatever that might be. So I've, I've found that a lot of people obviously like know about Ohio State or somehow like have some sort of connection to Ohio State. Um, and that's been a really great thing for me to kind of use like in my professional career. Um, and Buckeyes just want to help Buckeyes. So I feel like anyone that I meet anywhere just like wants to help in some sort of way. Um, So that was, that was really awesome. And again, I think just like having that conscious, like thought of like alumni are out there, like go ahead and use them, whether you just like reach out to them kind of through like a cold message on LinkedIn, or again, just like out randomly that you meet someone. I actually remember, I think it was my freshman year. Yeah. So I had just joined SAC and I was on a cruise during spring break. So this was again, right before COVID hit and I had an Ohio state shirt on and this woman in front of me in line was like, oh, like, do you go to Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we got to talking and I had mentioned that I was in SAC. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I was in SAC. So I was, you know, in the middle of the Caribbean, just on a cruise so randomly. And I had just joined SAC, kind of still not really knowing what it was. And, you know, I found someone that was not only an Ohio State alum, but like was in SAC. So, again, the world is so incredibly small. Um, and a lot of those like random little things have happened to me throughout my four years and, and even beyond. So it's been, it's been really awesome to now call myself like a proud alum and, and be a part of that community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Um, kind of on that note of transitioning into networking and kind of post-grad stuff, um, how did you kind of decide you wanted to go into consulting and what kind of led you down that road? Yeah. So
1: I guess something I forgot to mention in my, like about me, it was so long ago. I feel like I was a business scholar my freshman year. So scholars programs, you come into Ohio state being affiliated with that. So honestly, at the time I just wanted good housing. So I lived in Blackburn my freshman year. Um, the business scholars live in there, which was, which was awesome, but really fell in love with the program, really enjoyed the people I met in the program. Um, and continued to stay involved in that program. But as a part of being a first year scholar, we had second semester my freshman year, like a um, survey, or maybe not a survey class, like a seminar class where our program advisor would lead it. And, you know, there's not a ton of like coursework that's tied to that. It's not like there's a full syllabus, anything like that. So we did kind of like a mini case comp in there. And at the time, um, two folks that had just graduated or were about to graduate in the spring of 2020 had started Consulting Academy, which is, um, a program that's open to any student at Ohio State, um, and really just aims to, like, involve them in the consulting recruiting process and get them up to speed on just, like, anything they might need if they, like, want to know what consulting is and how to get there. So shameless plug, if you're interested in consulting, Consulting Academy runs in the spring. Um, but at that time, it was just being started that semester. So, As a part of the case competition, two folks came in that had gotten offers at two of the other big consulting firms and just presented on what consulting is, who the big players are, um, and really just like about, you know, what would that lifestyle look like post grad? And at the time I was a logistics major and didn't really know like what that meant and what that meant for, you know, post grad and like what my job title would be. This was something that sounds so naive now, but. I think when students like pick their major, at least my mindset was like, Oh, I'll be a logistics person. And it's like, okay, well, what job titles does that tie to? And, um, so this was kind of my first like thought of like, well, maybe I don't have to be a logistics person, whatever that means. I can go into this thing called consulting because it really is. Or I guess the way it was presented was very much like you get to travel, you get to solve problems, you get to meet really incredible people and like learn quickly, um, and really like be able to be agile and pivot into, into different things. So it was kind of always in the back of my head. And through COVID, I started doing coffee chats with like upperclassmen business scholars that were in Buck. So the Buckeye Undergraduate Consulting Club, people that were in honors cohort, people that were like going to consulting firms. And the more I learned about it, the more I was like, yeah, I could like really see myself doing this. I think it speaks to like a lot of the things that I enjoy doing, like in my personal life, you know, like challenging myself and solving problems and doing all of these things. So all of that to say that was kind of the seed was planted my freshman year, but I felt a lot of imposter syndrome um going into the recruiting process and really just having this like world of possibilities at Ohio State. I think it gets really overwhelming. And I just like didn't really know how to get there, what to do and all of these things. So Again, I was 19 years old. I was a freshman. I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I ended up just doing what I feel like was really comfortable. And I ended up working in sales during the pandemic and then ended up doing like a sales and marketing internship after my sophomore year at Polaris, which is a Fortune 500 company, and then pivoted and did operations and logistics and supply chain work at GE Aviation in Boston after my junior year. And through all of those experiences, I realized like I still wasn't being challenged. It wasn't as fast as like I wanted to move. I didn't feel like the growth and development was there. So then the little thing called consulting like came back into my frame of reference. I was like, oh well, you know, it's kind of now or never. Like, might as well just start prepping for the recruitment process and like get into it. So junior year summer, I did that. I ended up getting an offer at McKinsey, which was really exciting. And I think I'm about four months in at this point, which is just like crazy to say, I feel like time has been flying, but everything that I was promised in that first, you know, freshman year seminar course is definitely like everything that I do on a daily basis. I constantly am given ownership of like the things that I'm working on at 22 years old, being fresh out of Ohio state, I get to solve like really cool problems and I get to meet really incredible people. I feel like I'm always the dumbest person in the room, which I love because you just get to soak in all of their wonderfulness. Um, and I hope it rubs off. So it, it's been really awesome. That was like a really long, drawn out way of how I got there. But I think the big takeaway there is like college is not linear. Your jobs and the things on your resume like are not always linear um, and things will come back into your life in like weird ways. Um, actually the thing that like prompted the consulting thing was a mentor of mine who was an Ohio state alum, um, actually, and he had been in consulting and came back and was speaking on campus. And I was like, yeah, I should try this out. So, um, yeah, all of that to say it was, it was kind of a crazy experience to like get where I am, but I'm so glad I like took the risks and was able to
0: like piece all of my experiences
1: together to get where I am
0: today. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think that the nonlinear thing is so important because, I mean, I can speak for myself along with a bunch of other students, I'm sure, of just feeling like there's so many options at Ohio State, which is why I chose it. But then also coming here, I'm like, wait, how do I decipher it all and kind of figure it out? And I think that like, it is a journey and that's like, it's all about the journey and kind of like getting to the end and figuring out what works best for you. So that's really, really cool.
1: Um,
0: Kind of more specifically for McKinsey and just like postgrad career opportunities in general. What was that interview process and kind of preparation and kind of getting into that career? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah. So consulting is definitely a world of its own. Um, I was very um, surprised at kind of the work and preparation that you have to put in to get a job um, before you even like get an interview. Honestly, like um, there's a case interview, which is Pretty unique um, to consulting, I would say. Um, but typically what it is is you're given a problem and you are asked to solve it. And you might have to do some mental math. Um, you have to like read some graphs and kind of have some takeaways. Um, so the case interview in itself is is very unique to consulting, recruiting, um, as well as typical behavioral kind of interview questions. Um, but specific to McKinsey, we do a personal experience interview. Which is instead of maybe like getting four or five behavioral questions um, that you would get in like a normal interview, it's one big behavioral kind of question and you come to the interview prepared with like a five to seven minute story, um, which is honestly a cool way, I think, to like really share your experiences because typically you're trying to really boil down your experiences into maybe 90 seconds or two minutes. Whereas when you get a prompt beforehand and you kind of know what you're going to be asked, you're able to really like think through a story, think through a time where you really shine and come to the interview saying like, this is everything that I've done. And these are the takeaways that I had. And these are the hard conversations I had to have or the hard moments, like, you know, within that, um, So yeah, the consulting recruiting process started for me probably four months before I actually like did my interview, um, which (laughs) I remember asking at the time, some of my like mentors, I was like, what if I do all of this work and I don't even get an interview? Like, what if I put in all of this time and just like, don't even get the opportunity to like really show off like my skills and the common consensus from everyone was, the skills that you practice like are never lost. And that really resonated with me, especially like with the students I mentor now, it's been like a really tough job cycle just across the board um, for any job. And the skills that you have just are never lost. I learned like how to structure and how to like really communicate my thoughts in an effective way through that recruitment process. And, you know, I've continued to do that at my job. But um, I guess the point that I'm kind of making here is like sometimes the the risk or the, um Like bet on yourself is worth it. Um, just because, you know, you might not have like the immediate reward of like what you were going for in this case, like a job, but you have these like other skills that I think like will lead you to your next thing. Um, and honestly, like I'm, I'm one of those cheesy people that believes like everything is going to happen for a reason and work out exactly how it's supposed to. And I think you have to go through those like hard moments and take the big risks to really like put yourself on the path to, to achieve like what you're really meant to achieve. So. All that to say, if you're interested in consulting, reach out to me. That's a whole beast in itself. But you know, prepping for any job, prepping for anything that you're doing, whether that's grad school or you know anything even outside of business, um, it can be worth it to like invest the time and really invest in like developing yourself before someone else is going to like prompt you to do it because the reward will will definitely pay off. So
0: awesome, awesome. Um, kind of shifting from business more to just general life. Um, can you speak to kind of different wellness practices you had at school and then now in your job, because obviously consulting is super fast paced and not not the typical nine to five. So how do you kind of maintain that healthy lifestyle balance um, at school and then also since graduating? Yeah,
1: definitely. So I guess I'll kind of go back to my freshman year. I came into school and, you know, first time living on my own. You live on campus, you have like all of this kind of like pre-made food and you know, you start going out and doing social activities that you maybe hadn't um done before. So I realized like you hear of like the freshman 15 and like everyone gains weight when you like come to college and high school sports stop. And like, maybe you have to like figure out, you know, what your exercise is going to be like. And honestly, just like how to take care of yourself and like do your laundry and like manage laundry with figuring out how to eat and like all of these things. And it all happens all at once when you're a freshman. So that was like a really tough time for me. I did not have it figured out freshman year. I definitely gained like my freshman 15 plus, And I really was just like not in a great space mentally. I had never fortunately like struggled with mental health before coming to college. And after my freshman year, I just realized like everything had changed. And, you know, I had friends, but it's just a different experience than like coming to you know starting a new class in high school or something like that like I went to a high school where like even though it was pretty big like you still knew people you had familiar faces you have a similar support system with like your family and all of that stuff and in college it was like everything changed like your coursework changed how you live changed like your friendships changed your just everything changed so I think for me I really struggled and I didn't realize until after like how depressed I was and like feeling alone my freshman year and I actually looked into transferring, even though I knew Ohio State was like where I meant I was like meant to be, but I looked into transferring to like go back. I guess I also forgot to mention this. I'm from Michigan originally, which I'm surprised it's taken me this long to say that <laughs> because I feel like it ends up being my main personality trait at Ohio State. But coming from Michigan, being deep in like enemy territory, it felt like the thing that I was supposed to do going to like Michigan or Michigan State. So coming to Ohio State, no one from my high school was here. I don't have it. I, like, I didn't have any siblings that had like navigated college and like all of these things. So I looked into transferring. I was like, I could just go to U of M, which I feel like I can't even say that now. I'm like, I oh, know. <laughs> um, so thankfully I like was going to give it another semester and you know, I did all the things I like got involved and I like started to meet people and like all of these things, but I honestly don't think there was a flip for me until COVID hit. So halfway through my second semester freshman year, we were sent home for spring break and like never returned. And that time of COVID, I think for a lot of time, for a lot of people was like a time of reflection and like time to really like slow down and figure out like the things that were important to you and the things that, you know, just like, we're going to make you feel the best. So going home made me realize like one, just how like not unhappy I was, but just like, wasn't taking care of myself. So in the times that like, I would, you know, sleep like 12 hours a day or like would miss my 11 a.m. class or like, you know, things like that, that I just like couldn't get out of bed to do freshman year for, you know, again, a multitude of like other reasons. I wish someone would have told me that like your mental health is directly tied to your physical health and like getting out and like even going for a walk and like seeing the sunshine, especially in those like gray months in Ohio of like January and February. Like those are the times that like you need to like just like suck it up and just like do it. Cause like a 30 minute walk is going to make you feel so much better. It's going to focus you on, you know, like the things that you want to do, whether that's like your schoolwork or like hang out with your friends, like it's going to allow you to like show up in these relationships and show up in your classes and orgs and all of these things in like a better way. So I just wish someone would have told me like, you just need to like do it, like just stop making excuses and just like do it. So COVID was a great time of reflection for me. I started like being more active. Um, I also moved off campus a year early. So I know now you have to live on campus typically for two years. Um, But with COVID, we were able to move off campus. So I moved into an apartment, lived by myself, which is also something I realized like was really hard for me living in the dorms and having a roommate who was, you know, 10 feet away from me. I'm an only child and just like never really had to like share a space or share a bathroom or like anything like that. Um, So living in a dorm, I think was really challenging. Um, So when I had the opportunity to live alone, I realized like this was really wonderful for me. And it was, again, something that was like super important for me. So I've just talked for like a really long time about what was like specific to me. But I think, again, like the takeaways are like figuring out what's like really important to you. I figured out like movement was something that I needed to like keep my sanity. And I figured out living alone was a really great way for me to like have the time to like reflect internally and like not be distracted and be able to like do my school work and then like have the time for like fun things to do and social opportunities like outside of my house. So it pushed me to like be a better friend too because I had to like consciously reach out to people. You know, I think the experience I've seen from like people having roommates in college is like you always get maybe like looped into going out or like looped into like their friend groups and like looped into you know watching like movies on the couch, which is like wonderful and they're like wonderful social opportunities that Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, like, I wish I would have had that in college. But at the same time, you might not, like, have as much control of, like, your day-to-day because you're getting, like, pulled into things with your roommates. And then I've seen friends struggle post-grad now having to, like, consciously reach out. You know, a lot of my friends, honestly, none of my friends, like, live in Cleveland where I'm at now. And I have to make a conscious effort to either, you know, meet them where they're at physically or set up a phone call between like both schedules and if someone's like working or someone's in school or something like that. So I think it taught me to like really be a good friend and like be able to reach out. So again, just talk for a really long time, but I think you just really have to figure out like what's important to you. For me, it was like physical movement. Um, and like just knowing like how I was going to be successful living. So transitioning now into like post-grad life. Um, I work really long hours at times, which can be really awesome because I feel like I'm doing really rewarding work. But at the same time, I know that I'm not able to give a hundred percent if I'm not physically like active and going for those walks or working out. So I honestly, when I say this now, I just like laugh at myself because like I said, you know, freshman year, I struggled to get out of bed at like 11 AM. And now I wake up at like five 30, almost every day and like get a workout in before the day starts and like eat a good breakfast and go for a walk. And you know, talk to my mom on the phone or talk to a friend that I haven't talked to in a long time. And those are the things that like fill my cup for me at the beginning of the day. So when my workday starts at 9am, I'm able to like give everything that I can give because I've filled my cup at the beginning of the day. So I would say in school, it definitely is a little bit more challenging. And I know we typically pull like maybe later nights um, and stuff like that. And, you know, you might be going out on the weekends and you might be staying up to like 2 or 3 a.m., which like definitely do those things, but figure out what works for you. And I'm now becoming a morning person, which again, (laughs) was not like that for a long time, but becoming a morning person. So you got to have some like give and take there. But again, figure out what works for you. I think that's the best way to go about it. But I hope that like resonated with someone that, you know, is a freshman and maybe isn't like having the greatest of times right now. I think it's also important to hear that like everyone goes through that even people that like have their shit together now I don't know if I'm allowed to say that (laughs) no that's
0: fine I permit it I don't know
1: (laughs) um you know that like have it together now like we didn't always have it together first of all and you know I still don't have it together these days like I you know we all struggle so just know that you're not alone in that
0: yeah that's awesome especially I mean not all the listeners know you but I know you and it's just like obviously I look up to you a lot when you were in SAC and like post-graduation. And so hearing that like from you, especially is like very motivating and kind of, you know, if it's, it's good to hear that, you know, everyone goes through those kinds of things. So yes, um, you kind of already touched on this a little bit in terms of just finding out what works best for you, but what are kind of the biggest lessons that you learned during your time at OSU and kind of, either specifically in SAC or more just in general, but what's one thing you would change and do differently about your time in undergrad? And then something that you would like, if if someone could do one thing, it would be blank. Awesome. You just gave me a runway to just like go in so many
1: directions. <laughs> so I might just talk forever. Go <laughs> wherever um, you want with it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think for me, um, I, I would say... Let me, let me start with the easy one. Like one thing that someone should do at Ohio state, you have got to go to a Michigan Ohio state game. You just have to And it was something that I think for me really solidified. Like I am a part of something bigger than just like being a student at Ohio state. There is nothing like Ohio state football. I hate to say it, but there's nothing like Michigan football, like putting two really awesome programs together And having a rivalry like we do is just like so awesome. So I think going to that game is a great way to see like your fellow students, fellow Buckeyes, Wolverines, Um, you know, you just get to see like the passion that everyone has for for the schools that they're, you know, rooting for. Um, I will say kind of at some points being on both sides of the rivalry, Ohio State, Fans and students are way more passionate than Michigan fans and students. Um, So yes, definitely just going to that game, I think is, is something that everyone needs to do because you will feel like you are just like, wow, I am an Ohio state student. I am like a part of this really passionate group of people filled with, you know, tons of like school traditions and school spirit. Um, I'm actually so sad that this is my first year, not on campus like seeing all the M's blacked out. I remember just like walking through campus and being like, wow, you know, I just, I feel so like a part of something. So definitely, definitely participate in like all the traditions that come this week um, and and go to the game at some point in your career, if you can. In terms of things that I maybe would do differently or, you know, advice that I might give, I would say, I think kind of going back to my point of like not everything being linear, um, you are in charge of your story. You know, at Ohio State and even beyond, like you are the person that gets to tell your story. So don't fall into the trap of doing things just because everyone else is doing them. Or don't fall into the trap of like, just like doing, yeah, I guess like doing what the crowd's doing, right? Like figure out what works for you, figure out what you like. You have four years at Ohio State, or most of the time, four years at Ohio State to just explore everything, like explore anything that like piques an interest in you and develop as like a human being, you know, like you come in at 18 and then you leave it, you know, roughly 22. And you're like expected to kind of like be an adult and like have some things together. And like, again, the growth process doesn't end after college, but you can get on a really good trajectory from, from college. So I would encourage you to, again, like find the things that you're really passionate about and tell the story that you want to tell. I grew up on kind of like three values and my mom would like always tell me this like you have to be a good friend to have a good friend and you know you have to treat others the way that you want to be treated I feel like that's like the golden rule and then the last one was like don't be a jerk like just like go through life and like don't be a jerk and those things are like so true in college and just like so true in life beyond and they're so simple like you know I feel like everyone like knows those things but like truly like embrace it do it like Foster relationships, try new things, like be a good person. And like at the end of the day, like rest your head on your pillow, knowing that like you made the day better for like someone or like you made the world a better place. So that was again kind of like kind of like a long tangent, but like you get to tell your story. And like I knew that I wanted to like leave Ohio State, knowing that like I'd made an impact, I had made really solid friendships you know, they say that like how from their friendship. And like, it's so true. Like I met people that will will be in my wedding and it was because like I was a good friend and like made good friends. And that wasn't always the easiest thing. Like I had to have tough conversations with people that I felt like maybe weren't like serving me at times. And like serving is like a strong word, but like, you know, you become the product of the five people that you spend the most time with. So like choose that really wisely and like choose where you want to invest your time because four years goes by really, really fast. And, you know, you can look back after four years and say like, wow, I did everything under the sun and I made such an impact. And I did all these things. Or you can sit back after four years and say like, oh, dang, like, I wish I would have done that. Or like, oh, you know, when like this opportunity came, like, you know, I was too busy or, you know, this or that, like, you get to tell your story. So like, tell a good one. Um, I think too, like, everything seems so big in college. It's like, oh, like, it seems so crazy. Like, how did I get a job at McKinsey? Or like, how did I like, do this? Or like, oh, like, you know, 15 weeks of, of a semester and my days are so long. Like, oh, like, it's like, oh, it's like, so overwhelming and like, so daunting. But like, take it day by day. Like, the days are going to be long. And you know, the years the years fly by for sure. But just like, soak it all in. Like, say yes to opportunities. Take big risks. Like, you're in this like 18 to 22 gap and like are things really that deep like when you're at that age like how deep are they like you can like mess up pretty big in college and like it's gonna feel like you know the end of the world at the time but then you look back and you're like you know again this like worked out exactly how it was supposed to or I'm glad I failed in an environment like a student org or failed getting an internship. Like, I'm glad I did that before I had kids to support or like a house payment or like something like that, where it's like, you know, there's some actual like table stakes, but in college, you know, for the most part, like stakes are pretty low. The stakes Mm -hmm. are pretty low. So like Mm -hmm. do the big things, take the big risks and, and things will maybe work out in ways you never expected. So yeah, I guess those are, those are kind of two big things. I don't really regret anything that I did in college I think I was I was really bold in a lot of areas and I look back and maybe I was a little too bold there <laughs> like maybe I shouldn't <laughs> have done that but I I think everything again like works out exactly how it was supposed to and I I look back at my four years of kind of some like crazy schedules and working long hours or you know doing so much for student orgs and spending a lot of time in classes And again, I probably shouldn't say this either, but like, I don't remember the assignments and like, I don't remember the things that I like, you know, stayed up until two in the morning doing like a presentation for a random class. Like, I don't remember that, but I remember like, you know, the time that I spent in SAC and, you know, the times that I would do like sober Saturdays with my friends and like not go out and instead like maybe do like a nice dinner in the short North or even just like, I, I was just telling someone about this the other day. I would do like random movie nights with my friends on like Saturday nights and like get Chinese food and like eat food and watch like rom-coms on my couch until like two in the morning. And like, those are the times that I remember um way more than, than the assignment. So do your homework kids, but like, know that, that you have, <laughs> you have a life after college. So people get lost in their four years in college and it becomes just like, again, semester by semester, you have a syllabus for a class, you know what happens in the fall, you know what happens in the spring. People don't think enough about life post-grad and they don't think about the time frame that they need to be thinking about that. And I remember kind of having this epiphany, honestly, second semester, junior year of like, I kind of don't have any time left. Like I, y- you think college is four years and you tell yourself four years, four years, But you have to be involved with stuff by the end of your sophomore year, or you have to be thinking about jobs like early on in your college career, unless like you have the ability to take a fifth year or like you don't mind taking a gap year. But like deadlines come up so fast. And I ended up recruiting for my job. Again, I started the summer before my senior year. So my GPA when I applied to my job after junior year was set. My involvements were set second semester, junior year, like anything you do senior year is kind of like just for funsies, you know? And I know not all jobs are like that. You know, I know not all of them are like starting super early or grad school, but even grad school, you know, you're applying like a full year in advance. So I think you just have to reframe your mindset of like, it is four years, but you need to be involved in things and you need to start figuring out you know, what you want to be doing post grad because there is a time when when college ends. And I've really noticed this like being post grad. I feel like you loop in with like this kind of community that you're a part of. So like I was, you know, a senior in SAC or I was a senior at Ohio State or I was a senior in, you know, Fisher or whatever these groups that I was a part of. And you feel like you're kind of pacing together. And like your whole life you're pacing with people. You know, you're a first grader and then you're a sophomore in high school and like you're just always a part of this group. And not until, you know, graduation and immediately after did I realize like that curtain gets lifted and you see the people that like worked their ass off in college and you see the people that were like really thinking about, you know, what they might want to be doing post-grad and like where they might want to be making an impact in the world. So you do see a big difference. And like the things that you do immediately post-grad, I can't speak to the like the far end of it. I can't like be like, oh, I'm 30 and I'm looking back. But I do believe that like the things that you do immediately post-grad like will either set you in one direction here or one direction there. And I think I've told you this before, Claire, but there's like this book that I read and there's this analogy of like, when you are like post-grad early in your 20s, there's this like, imagine you're a plane flying westward from Boston to, you know, just out west and like a simple like one degree change in direction at that point can put you in Seattle, Washington, or, you know, Hawaii, like that simple change can can make all the difference long term. And it's so much harder to course correct if you're, you know, halfway if you're over Colorado, you know, you're like halfway Mm. there. It's so much harder to like course correct and say, like, I want to go to Seattle, not Hawaii. So just like, think about that, like, really take this time to be low stakes and be like, I'm going to take the big risk, like, I'm gonna go to some random, I went to like a random like Bitcoin club, thing when that was a thing like just a random Wednesday and like I knew nothing about Bitcoin like I was not afraid to like look silly but I was just like this is something I don't know about like let me go and learn that so like those stakes are just so much lower where it's like now if I wanted to go learn about Bitcoin it's like I'd have to go and like research or I'd have to like find someone at like my job or find an alum that like knows about Bitcoin and like Bitcoin's a random example but so, you know, you get the point. It's like, it's, it's a lot harder to like course correct later on. And I think just like take the opportunity now to like have the foundation in college. So like you can pivot into like whatever you want to do post grad. Um, yeah. And just like don't be afraid to take the, take the risks again. I feel like I've mentioned that a lot. And like I had a mentor tell me at one point, actually, and I, again, an alumni connection <laughs> told me at one point, um, he wished he would have like taken a bigger bet on himself. He mm-hmm. went and, you know, did an internship after junior year and then just like accepted a return full-time offer. And he wishes he like would have, you know, maybe looked around for his full-time job. Cause at the time he was like, you know, I don't know if this is like fully right for me. And he had that like little moment of doubt, but like still went along with it. And then three years later was like, this is like really not for me. And then he like waste some time. And then he had to like course correct and like figure out, you know, what he wanted to do after. So take the, take the risk, like bet on yourself because you're the only person that like truly knows those odds. You know, like the world might say like, Oh, you know, you know, Emily from, you know, this town in Michigan, like should have never ended up at Ohio state or like should have never ended up at McKinsey. Like how did, how did this girl from, you know, this town in Michigan, like end up there? It's like, well, I don't really know how either. Like it just, you take the risk and like, sometimes it pays off, but it's like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I knew I was capable of it and had that, like, kind of like innate belief in myself and was able to like, maybe look silly at times and like put myself out there. So bet on yourself. Sometimes, you know, it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, just take the, take the risk on yourself.
0: In terms of taking risks, obviously it's kind of the high risk, high reward, but what do you have to say about like, when maybe you don't get that reward that you were really like going for and kind of how do you handle that failure and make that redirection?
1: Yeah. So I think failures, first of all, are something that are not talked about enough, especially, I would say, I don't know if it's specific to Fisher, but I think if, you know, you're in Fisher and you're like listening to this, we're business kids, we're, we're competitive. We like, we like to do that. And (laughs) um, oftentimes there's, you know, this like Fisher bubble that people kind of like get looped into and, you know, you're only surrounding yourself with, you know, other accounting majors or other finance majors and, and whatnot. And there's all this like incredible competition. And again, this is like the macro Ohio State scale too. There's all this competition to like get into competitive student orgs or to get into honors programs or to get these competitive jobs even. And like you will fail. And if you are not failing, you are not pushing yourself enough. Like I think everyone has like a success to failure ratio. I would say, you know, at different times in college, mine was higher or lower. Like sometimes I felt like, wow, can I just win anything? Can I get anything? Can I achieve anything? Like I was just like one rejection after the other. Um, and then other times I felt like, wow, I'm like getting into everything. And I was like, okay, I need to like make this more challenging. Right. So I just think failures like aren't talked about enough. And I I really struggled to like get into student orgs my freshman year, which I think you know, contributed to like me not really feeling like I was a part of a strong community. And if I wouldn't have gotten rejected from a lot of the things I applied to the beginning of freshman year, I would have never gotten into SAC because SAC does a later recruitment cycle because we don't recruit first and second semester. We only do one recruitment cycle a year. So I think our applications are typically due early to like mid-October. So that gives you enough time to like get your footing under you and figure out, you know, like, what is this crazy place that I'm at now? Um, Or if you're a sophomore, like it allows you to kind of get through like that initial kind of shock of like, wow, my classes are a little bit harder than when I was a freshman. Um, So again, had I not gotten rejected from all these student orgs at the beginning of my freshman year, I would have never, you know, just been like, screw it. Like I need to be involved in something like, let me just apply to SAC and it's so funny. I almost like didn't apply to SAC and I look back and I'm like, wow, like what if I didn't do that? My life would have been so different.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, like it's those things that again, like the failures redirect you in a way and make you take, you know, make different choices or like make you like think differently about the things that initially I was like, SAC is like, I don't even know what that is, you know, but then I I prompted me to like go and look into it. So I think, you know, initially like that was kind of my big, like first set of failures. And then throughout like jobs and stuff too, on the more professional side, everyone would like look at my LinkedIn or look at my resume and be like, Oh, Emily, like has had these great internships. Like my first, what was it after my freshman year? Yeah. So it was during COVID. I sold boats at like a boat dealership and it was so incredibly random and never would have put that on my bingo board for the year. Like never would have like ever imagined that that happened. And that was like super random. And I ended up doing really well. Like I sold a lot of boats and I like made a lot of like money in sales on like the boats that I was selling. And it was really weird to do that at like 19 years old, especially in the middle of a global pandemic. But then working at that job, like led me to like apply to Polaris, what I which I would have never done. I like would have never even thought of that. And, you know, I went through like all the typical Ohio state recruiting channels and I like didn't get any job my sophomore year, except for Polaris. Like I got rejected from like every internship I applied for after my sophomore year, except for Polaris. And I was like, well, I guess I have to take it. And then again, like the easy thing for me to do would have been to like, accept like a return internship offer after my sophomore year or yeah, for like my junior year summer. And I was like, no, like I've done this. It was great. Really enjoyed it. But like, now I want to like use this extra summer that I have to like experience something different and see if I would like something else. So I declined a return offer with no offer in hand to like, accept otherwise. And again, went through like all the Ohio state recruiting channels and went to the job, you know, career fair, like all this stuff applied again to like all of these internships. And I had had, you know, a sales job experience that was like random and I did really well at it. And I had a fortune 500 internship on my resume and got rejected from every single internship I applied for except for GE Aviation. And it's one of those things, like you would think like with all of these things on my resume and I was so successful with my student orgs and like this, that and the other, like, oh, I would have been having like all of these internship offers. And it's like, no, each year I got one offer. Like one offer. And at the time, like was it what I wanted to take both years? Like, probably not. Like that probably wasn't the most like glamorous thing to go like work in a plant in North Boston, like that, not very glamorous at all. But again, it allowed me like so many incredible experiences. And I met like such incredible people. And I was able to like pivot and like learn about myself and like try all these different things. And I think I mentioned this, like, I mean, I have mentioned it a bunch, but like creating your own story. And like, I'm the one that gets to like thread all those pieces together. And I'm the one that like gets to then show my resume and be like, look, I've done all of these things. But like, again, what people don't see are the rejections and the failures and you know, having to kind of be like pushed into a corner and like have to make a decision to like keep moving forward. So again, path not linear. Failures are very much a part of the process and like lean into those failures because failures almost just give you like more ground to like make a decision. I think sometimes we get caught in like analysis paralysis and you're like, well, I could do this. I could do that. Or like, what if this internship works out or what if this? And what if I have three competing offers that are all you know, great. Like, how am I going to make the choice? And we like put ourselves in this like anxiety induced stress when in reality, like I would stress myself out about stuff I hadn't even gotten. And then I didn't get any of them. So I was like, well, <laughs> guess I didn't need to like go through all of that, like, you know, anxiety to like get to that point. So I think failure just gives you like, well, that path is closed. Like that door is closed. Like what am I going to do now? And it just gives you more of a ground to like make a decision and be more firm. So lean into the failures I and ask people about their failures. Maybe not like, hey, how are you? What's your favorite <laughs> failure? Like Don't go into it like that. But have really candid conversations with people. Um, Everyone has failed. And if they haven't, they're lying.
0: <laughs> like there everyone has
1: failed. So yeah, definitely embrace it. And again, low stakes environment at Ohio State. Like you're 20 years old. If you don't get into a student org or you don't get into a sorority that you want or you don't get into... You no, know, don't get an internship that you want. Like you will be just fine. You will be yeah. just fine. And it's going to work out. So yeah, I wish, I wish someone would have told me that earlier too, because it took me, it took me a long time to realize I was not the only person failing.
0: So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. Well, thanks um, so much for
1: having me on Claire. It was, it was cool to see the podcast come to fruition because yeah. like Claire mentioned earlier, this would have been under like the the committee that i led last year at sac so it's really a full circle moment and again student alumni connections just on
0: on the flip side so it's it's really cool but yeah amazing thank you again so much for coming on the show today it was so amazing to talk to you and get to hear a little bit of your wisdom so thank you again and happy holidays sac podcast signing off